but no, I don't eat cat food and you should not either. No, did you just taste some? <laughs> don't eat it. <laughs> oh, I love kids. Hey guys, we're back, and this episode is for Sarah. Go get your house clean, girl. <laughs> Coming up on October 30th, we will have an episode on A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers, and you will find we have some very different opinions on this one. If you love the show and want to support us, you can check out patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast for a huge list of perks. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Today, we are discussing Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett, which is technically book three in the um, Discworld series, though it's book one of like the witches arc within the Discworld series. So if you guys remember... Well, maybe, let's see, we, 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 we talked more about the Watch books, right? More than anything else. Did we talk about Color of Magic? No, I think we've only talked about the Watch books. Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the things that I thought was interesting about this book is it didn't take place in Akmapork, Ak- right? Yeah, it did. It, it, it did eventually, but not when we started. Right. And when we started, let me tell you, the, the beginning of the book... And how they pronounced the name of the village was very interesting because I did the audiobook of this and I was like, that's a very interesting name. And let me tell you what the name is. It is bad. And then the improper name for a donkey. And I was like, but but in a British accent, so it doesn't doesn't sound as terrible as american accent you mean they spell it with an r in there or the, they don't spell it with an r they just say it with an r that's what i meant but well, it's still yes i read the physical book or yeah the physical book and so it's spelled exactly like you think it's spelled <laughs> it's two words uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and trust me that's one of those like I don't okay I, I guess that's what we're going with like it mm-hmm, feels mm-hmm. like it was something that was a temporary placeholder in like the original first draft yep. and then he came back to it and was like you know something I like it and actually we're gonna mm-hmm. keep it and I'm gonna go on a little tangent about it to make it work and like <laughs> I don't it feels like the kind of thing I would purposely do as a writer <laughs> And well, I appreciate that. <laughs> but it's it's very Terry Pratchett. You know what I mean? Like it just Oh hundred percent. He likes he likes to play on words. He likes weird stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, bud, I like this. I mean, that's the charm of Pratchett, is <laughs> just like the way he wrote about this world. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also like that this world is called Equal Rights. And it's a bit of a sat- satire um, fantasy novel about women's and men's rights, essentially, in the world. And 
how a how witches can only be women and wizards can only be men. Mm-hmm. In this book, Abby, read the summary so we can lead right into it. Gladly. The last thing the wizard drum billet did before death laid a bony hand on his shoulder was to pass on his staff of power to the eighth son of an eighth son. Unfortunately for his colleagues in the chauvinistic, not to mention misogynistic world of magic, he failed to check on the newborn baby's sex. (laughs) Yeah. And that is pulled directly from Goodreads. Yeah. Some things happen. Some people got it wrong. It, I, I feel like it very well sums up this book. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy the underlying messages that Pratchett has in his books because they're not always like the same message over and over and over again. No. It's so like the underlying themes for the City Watch are more about like the average Joe and poor people versus rich people, things along those lines. But for equal rights, it's very much men versus women and their places in the world and all the opposing views you will find therein. (laughs) And it's just, it was very interesting. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it was fine. Well, this is not one of those Discworld books that stuck with me. Did you listen? You read read the book, right? You didn't listen to the book? I read it um, early last year. So it's been like almost a year and a half since I read it. But it didn't really stick with me because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember reading Equal mm-hmm. Rights. And that was about all I remembered. <laughs> yeah. I'm- so I had, to, I had to Google before we recorded this episode, like, what was this actually about again? Because I, I know there were witches mm-hmm. and I don't remember much else. Um, yeah. So it's not a particularly memorable book. I liked the underlying themes of the overall story, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's one of the weaker books. Oh, why? Maybe it's because I have such I just have such a high standard for Terry Pratchett's Discworld books, anyways. Yeah, like. So I'd say my top two that I have read would be Going Postal and Guards, Guards. But I also feel like those are very, like, pinnacle writing. Like, because if you gave me, if you asked me for, like, a top ten list, Mm -hmm. I think Going Postal might actually be in that top ten. Oh, yeah. Or at least be a very high contender for it. Such a good book. Because it's just that good. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, because I read Going Postal this year, and so I feel like comparing those two is not a fair comparison, especially because this book is so much earlier in the series than Going Postal was, because this is the third book and Going Postal is way further down the line, where Discworld was way more established, and he had, like, the voice of it down and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And same with Guards, Guards. Like, that's another one that's further down the line. But he was, Discworld itself was more established, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I also feel like The Color of Magic is kind of one of the weaker books in the series, too. And that was the very first one. Mm -hmm. So it's not, 
I'm not saying that they're bad books. I'm saying comparatively with books that he wrote later in the series, I feel like it's a weaker one of his books. Now, it's the problem is because so the color of magic and the light fantastic, um, like they're both based along uh, Rincewind, which is a wizard book. So they follow the wizard line, and these are going to follow Granny Weather something watch weather witch weather granny weatherwax's line so it's gonna follow the witches and like um i don't know i and maybe we don't like the witches and the wizards maybe we like the 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 average joe people the watch and the i find the wizards very tiring yes <laughs> Every time they come, well, the only part about the wizards I like is the library. Yes, the library and the orangutan are the absolute hands down best part of the wizards. And it's mm-hmm. not that I dislike the wizards; I just don't like. That doesn't make any sense. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of them more than I like the execution of them. Does that make sense? Yep. Because like. I like the idea of Unseen University. I like the idea of all these wizards living there and just like doing wonky things to the world with their magic on accident. Like mm-hmm. that sounds like fun. But if you're actually following the wizards, they are very, very tedious. They are not fun. And that's not enjoyable. No. Because <laughs> normally when characters in these books go off on tangents, they're fun tangents, but when the wizards go off on tangents, it's like you're listening to the most boring professor you can imagine, except you have to read their lecture instead of listening to them say it, like, which is, which is even worse, arguably. It is. And so it's just like, the, the wizards do absolutely nothing for me. And so like, after I recalled what this book was about, I remembered, like, I really enjoyed it until she got to the university <laughs> yep and we had to start dealing with the wizards again and then i was like oh no because i don't i don't mind the wizards as side characters that like pop in and out mm-hmm. of other people's stories they can't be main characters so i don't i don't mind the wizards popping in and going postal or guards guards or things like that I don't but know. Like, even in guards guards i want them to go away sometimes i'm like shh well, yeah, but like they're much less obnoxious in Guards Guards than mm-hmm. they are when you have to follow them through the entire freaking book. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess we should talk about the characters. So, guys, this really isn't a book about the wizards until the second half of it. So, first, we open the book with a baby being born. The baby being Eskra Smith, the eighth child of an eighth child, who has been left to staff by Drum Billet. And he's the one that started this entire mess because he thought, I'm going to give a staff to an A son to an A son. Eh, wrong answer. Because then we meet Granny Weatherwax and she's like, um, just lean to let you know, this is not a boy. The plumbing down here is not the plumbing you were expecting. Just letting you know. <laughs> and that right there is the opening scene of the book and those are the three those three are our main characters for a while because drum's spirit is like in the staff essentially um or in a or in a tree like 
you know, whatever, like the magic guides, um, ask, but ask has been granted a staff by a wizard who thought she would be a boy. She is not. Mm-hmm. And then we have some more characters. We meet Simon, a wizard hopeful, the same age as S that they meet on the road. And he, he likes esque ideas. He thinks she is very smart. Now his master, we don't like him. Fetal? No. Hard pass on him. Nope. He can suck a lemon. Yep. And then we meet the next character a little bit later. His name is Arch Chancellor Cuttingle. He is head of the Unseen University, which is where the wizards study. And honestly, he's a good wizard. He gets an A+. Of all the wizards in this book, minus Simon, he's definitely the best one. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like Rincewind too, as a, he's just kind of goopy, but he's not in this book. So we also see death occasionally. He does show up for a little bit. Um, we also see the orangutan, the librarian as well. So those are reincurring characters that we do see throughout the books. I'm pretty sure we see uh, Sam Vimes at one point too. Okay, I trust you. That's what the wiki told me. And I vaguely remember him popping in for like one or two scenes. Mm, I don't. That's okay. That's all right. All right. Well, we have gabbed a little bit about this book. And we've not spoiled anything for you. But now we're going to get, well, we're going to take a little break. And then we're going to talk about favorite characters and least favorite characters and specific scenes. So if you're interested in reading this book... I highly recommend you get the audio version because then uh, Penguin is putting out brand new Terry Pratchett um, audio novels. And this one was delightful. I have a whole bunch of them now and I'm going to buy them all, which is like 50 of them. But it's a journey I'm willing to take. We'll see you guys in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. This is the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Dawn and Ashley. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club ladies that don't always agree, but we do enjoy a good book discussion. You can find the Novel Universe on Apple, Spotify, and Google, where we post new episodes twice a month. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. Grab your favorite beverage and join our universe. Welcome back, and remember, this half is spoilers, so if you do not want Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett spoiled for you, pause right now, and we highly recommend you go read it. If not, you can keep listening. All right, so let's talk favorite characters first. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite? Um, I like S. Karina, or Esk, as she goes by. One, I like her because she was inspired by Terry Pratchett's daughter, Rihanna, who, mm-hmm. if you don't know has been working to continue the stories of this world through ideas that her dad left behind and publishing new stories. I love that. I want to read them just to see how they are. And I also like this book because Esk is kind of frisky. She's the, she's the baby of the family. She knows she's the baby of the family with seven brothers. And I love it when the brothers think they can pick on her. You can't pick on her because she's going to... She's going to do some things. I got a favorite scene I need to talk about about when she what she did. I like how headstrong she is. I like how she decides after talking to Theo, I am going to be a witch and a wizard and you cannot stop me. And I'm like, yeah, girl, you're going to make this happen. And I love how 
I don't know. I like how her and Simon um, kind of mesh together and then they start working together in the sense of like, she's like, I'm not going to let you be taken by the demons in your head. Basically is what happens, but I don't know. She's caring. She's strong. She's, you know, she's my kind of main female character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like Simon. He reminds me a lot of Emmerich Conrad from um, Painting Devils, actually. I was just thinking about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, as reminds me a little bit of Anya as well. But, you know, he's a little nerdy, has a stutter, so he has a flaw. And he's just like, you know, he has no preconceived notions of what magic should be or who should do it. And he's just in his own little world because he has an idea in his head how he thinks magic should be done that is revolutionary. Then he's going to the university to share his ideas. Yeah, smart kid. Mm-hmm. He's a sweet academic. Lost in his own head. Well, I personally love Granny Weatherwax. She's a very curmudgeonly old lady. <laughs> but I love a curmudgeonly old person. <laughs> Doubly so when they have magic and a soft heart. Yep. And that is exactly what she is. So, like, she's very soft heart, and the curmudgeonliness just, like, encases the soft heart. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I also have a lot of sympathy for her raising a child that has magic. <laughs> because I got to thinking today about what would happen if one of mine had been born with magic, and honestly, just, like... <sighs> The idea was so exhausting, I wanted to go take a nap. <laughs> well, think about, um, oh, the girl who drank the moon. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking about, too. I, know. I was like, this is almost exactly like that. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine my little general of chaos having magic? Yep. yep. I, I don't. I, I just don't even know. I have no words for how terrifying that idea is. <laughs> Imagine Mara and him having magic together. Oh, God. Yeah. That's never allowed to happen, by the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh. Anyways, so I have a lot of sympathy for her having to raise a child with magic, especially because she's not, like, a parent age. She's, like, a grandmother age. And so, man, she just deserves a nap. (laughs) I know. We all just have nap after dealing with the children. <sighs> and then honestly, I kind of long, like drum billet. What a legend to leave behind. Like, right. Him thinking he's going to do this grand thing and leave all his power to this super powerful boy who's the eighth son of an eighth son. <laughs> and it ends up being a daughter. And he's just like, well, crap i'm about to die i can't change it now he's like well blessed this is not not what i meant to do (laughs) well it's all of the like it's all the ego of a wizard because the wizards have such egos in these books and so it's all that grandeur and ego that he has thinking to himself i'm gonna make this trek with my dying days and i'm gonna leave all this power to an eighth son and he's gonna be so powerful and that's gonna be my legacy and then Sex to Seth, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> uh, so I just, I enjoyed that aspect, honestly. I love it. 
Were there any characters you didn't like? Oh, yeah, Thedal. Thedal could just go away. Mm, yeah. I I did not like how he acted. I don't like how most of the wizards act around women and how condescending they are. The wizards are honestly just stupid when it comes to human interaction in general. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, anyone who's not a wizard is just way less than them because they have egos the size of mountains. And then they're constantly competing with all the other wizards because of the mountain egos. And and they're constantly, like, sniveling and conniving and trying to, like, I'm going to be the greatest wizard. Right, yeah, and they're, like, they even, like, kill each other off a few times. And just the wizards, just, they're not good. He's not good. No. No. But other than that, I don't think there's any characters to really dislike in this book. No, they're just wizards. Yeah, wizards. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What about favorite scenes? What do you got? My favorite part of this book was watching S grow up in Granny trying to keep her in check because it definitely reminded me of The Girl Who Drank the Moon. And I know this was written way before that book, but it like gave me flashbacks to that in a good way. <laughs> and I just, the grandma who's raising the grandchild and just like, it's so cute. I, I love the grandparents teaching mm-hmm. the grandkids kind of relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is good. And then anything to do with headology. I really like headology. And I, I 100% believe this is what makes the witches better than the wizards, minus, even without the egos involved. Yep. Because headology is just beautiful. It's common sense. And it's everything I need magic to be. I can go with that. What about you? Um, well, when Granny has to ride the staff as a broomstick, very undignified for a witch. God forbid <laughs> she has to ride the staff. Because she has to go find, um, ask after you turn into an owl, and she's like, Staff, need to go find her. Where is she? And Staff is like, hop on, Granny. And she's like, I don't want to. <laughs> and the Staff is like, you gotta ride, because I know where she is. So suck it up. <laughs> and yeah, it was just a, a nice, delightful bantering with the Staff, you know, in the way that I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. that whole scene is so funny to picture. Um, and then I really like when Esk <laughs> turns her brother into a pig. Um, when, you know, the granny's like, hey, we're going to go venture out to Ankhma Pork, you know, to her dad. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. And she's like, no, she's getting dangerous. And then she just, Esk just goes and shows how she's dangerous by turning a brother into a pig. And she's like, see, it's right here. This is why we got to go. And he's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> <sighs> It's okay. There were six other brothers. Right? It's fine. You're fine. You can be down one brother. <laughs> and then Ugh. it feels like such a sibling thing to do as well. Like I know, right? I have magic. Take. Exactly. Like any God. advantage over your siblings that you can have. <laughs> Man. And then I really like, so it's about like halfway through the book. Um, Esk has fallen asleep on a barge and Granny's like, damn it, where is this kid? And she has to borrow a broomstick from a friend and this broomstick 
get the you have to kind of um think like an old car you got to kind of kind of get it wound up a little bit and kind of take a running start and get a kind of a leap in the air so just imagine um this old lady who is described as plumped wearing a bunch of clothing hitching up her dress and you see her bloomers and she's running along trying to get this broomstick going she's like come on broomstick and he has a hop on and then it barely clears the like it's slow it barely clears the tips of the tree it's a pretty pathetic little broom that poor little broom it tried so hard it did did you have any others nope that was it jump starting the broomstick all right so what about least favorite scenes oh Pretty much when Theodore, um, which is Simon's master, was being very condescending to ask about magic. And it's, it's people like that that make me very irritated, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 just reading that just made me crabby. And I'm like, listen, you can't be that way, dude. That's not how we roll. Do you have any least favorite scenes besides Theodore being a, a mean person? Not really. I mean, there wasn't much else to dislike. It's a pretty short book to start with. It was. It was a extremely... Unlike Going Postal, it's pretty thick. This is a pretty short book. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was really anything any excessive. And other than Theodore, there's not really much to dislike in this book, honestly. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. Well, then we can just go lead right into final thoughts. So what do you think about this book? How did you rate it? Um, Tell me some stuff. This was definitely a four-star book for me, um, which to me means it's a solid book. Like I said before, definitely not one of Pratchett's best, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But like generally, it is a solid book. Yeah. I think part of why this ranks so low for me is how little of it that I remembered it's like nothing stuck with me. Yeah. So for me, that means a book was not super great. <laughs> um, but again, not a bad book in general. I can understand that. So looking at these, these are the witch. This is the first book of the witch's novel. And the arc, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Of, okay. of that. And yeah, I agree. I mean, I would definitely say my favorite arcs are going to be anything involving death like i love more reaper man soul music hogfather i haven't read thief of time i love the watch novels those are definitely high up in my um list but this is my first witch's novel and it kind of goes with the rincewood novels they're like not my most favorite books i've read um and this is a solid four like i love Discworld and terry pratchett in general mm-hmm I mean, it just it was kind of a boring book and then we get to the university with all the wizards and i could have like if we just had like dropped the wizards and just had um s trying to save simon mm-hmm. i would be happy with that yeah i feel like having too much wizards in one of these books just brings it down yeah <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and i saw in your notes earlier um you mentioned the pacing of this book was weird the pacing was weird and i think that's one of the reasons that it's not as good as it could be it's just like i don't know there's stuff that happens and then it yeah and then it drags for quite a while and then it all of a sudden everything's happening and it's like whoa wait (laughs) right 
And I think that's why I like the watch novel so much because there's a, there's a mystery to be solved in almost every one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the death novels because you can't go wrong with death as a main character. So, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Hands down best character in the disc world. And I, and for me, for like witches, it was weird pacing. Okay. Characters, you know, they were good. They just weren't like, one, well, they, they weren't moist, fine um, liquid, which who I highly enjoy mm-hmm. in going postal. But he's a con man, you know, he's kind of fun. Well, and the thing about going postal is that it's like, he's he's a con man so he's doing like this one thing to back up this total lie that he said and then he has to do another thing to back up that lie he has to do another thing to back up that lie and it's just like one thing after another after another so there's constantly something going on yep yeah i know that's right yeah there is so there's no real like downtime in going postal but in this really sh- this much shorter book of equal rights feels like there's a lot of downtime <laughs> i'm trying to talk around yes. the baby talking because i have yeah, to yeah. edit this later <laughs> yeah 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 you. <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah and i mean and ask isn't going to be a main character in the next book it's the weird sisters who is the next character and i've heard really good things about the weird sisters Mm -hmm. so i'm really interested to read the rest of the witches and i'm just like if the other witch books feature the weird sisters why did we start with ask i don't know because this is what terry pratchett wanted to do i guess so and it was his world so yeah and you just gotta run with it Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone, that's what we have for today. And we will see you again next time. Okay. We'll see you in a couple weeks, guys. Bye. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.